The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel, and as always, I'm here with Mike, and we're going to discuss the week that was in All Elite Wrestling. Before we get into breaking down the card, Mike, how are you doing? We are now in week four of quarantine, and boy, does time not matter anymore. It's just one day after the other. My favorite joke is that there are only three days of the week now, uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that is so apparent, but I'm doing good. You know, it's uh, been, you know, obviously crazy times for everyone, but very thankful for uh, having a job that allows me to keep working and working remotely and allowing myself to stay safe. And I'm thankful for video games. I think we've talked about gaming on here a bit, but I don't know what I would be doing right now if I didn't have (laughs) the video games that I do. Because not only is it entertainment for me, it's also a way to socialize with my friends that you know, also, you know, we're all in this predicament right now. So just very grateful for that. And if I'm a little off today, I was up till 2 a.m. playing Dauntless, this like monster hunting game with my buddy. And then I couldn't fall asleep to 3.30 and then I had to be up for an 8 a.m. meeting. So and I've been up the entire day. No naps for me today. So running off of four and a half hours of sleep. So let's freaking go. Go. <laughs> go. Jesus. You know, yeah, my epitome uh, comes up when I'm tired, so I don't know what the hell that was just was. Joel, how are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm also thankful for video games. I uh, They're a way for me to be entertained and also not socialize with other people. So um, it's <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's, as, that's as a noted world. introvert, it's, uh, it's, it's my jam. My favorite, since you brought it up, my favorite uh, joke about days of the week has been that there are four days of the week, which is... Uh, New coffee day, old coffee day, is it old coffee day, and whiskey coffee day. <laughs> I guess I guess that's for coffee drinkers because I I'm 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 not one of those and well you know I, I, <laughs> between my wife and I we don't go through an entire pot of coffee in a day so I don't have to make it every single day and then on the weekends you know why not start your day with a little bit of liquor in your coffee. So, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I've, I've definitely been uh, getting down on the video games as well. I've been, I'm like 63 hours into Octopath Traveler for the second time. I played it once before, but this time, damn it, I'm doing everything. So. Yeah, I started that over too. Thanks for the, uh, the, the push. Cause I forgot how much I love that game. That game is so much fun. It's really and, good. And, uh, you know, it, it reaches a point where it gets a little bit easy, but then you get through the main storyline and everything that happens after you've completed like all eight characters quests, it really ramps up in the 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 challenging nature of like the boss fights and stuff. So I've been really enjoying that. And uh, it's definitely a great way to uh, to spend some time. So, yeah. That's all we got right now. <laughs> so Yeah, thanks for tuning into um, our video game podcast. We'll see you next week. Yeah, it feels like at the beginning of the last few episodes, we wanted to talk about anything other than wrestling for the first five, ten minutes. So maybe we have a spinoff in our future, you know? Well, I'll, bring we'll it, jump to- I'll bring it back around to wrestling. I um, 
I officially canceled my WWE Network subscription. So how's that? I, feel? Uh, I'm, I'm no longer giving my time, my energy, my money to the other wrestling company. Um, it, it, it's funny because like I feel like between the two of us, you were the one who was all in on AEW first. And and now here I am and it's all I watch. So it's you're not uh, gonna are you even not gonna watch uh NXT anymore? You know, you, you can put that on the uh I guess think you could so. DVR that, just, but it just continually breaks my heart when I see what they've done and, and how it's gradually becoming more and more similar to the other televised products that they have. Yeah. I mean the magic is gone. It it NXT is no longer NXT. It's not the same product that it was when it aired specifically on the network and you know i i don't think even triple h can save it now it's uh it's just the writings on the wall and i said this back when they announced that it was going to two hours and it was going to be on tv i said this that it, it's going to result in seeing the same talent every week and you're not going to have the same level of anticipation for matches that you would because you're going to see them over and over and over again. And that's been borne out. I mean, how many times have we seen Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic in a match, whether they're tag teaming or they're fighting somebody else, fighting each other? God. I mean, in the last year, 20 plus times, something like that, like 7,000 times. Wait, wait, wait. So. 10 trillion times. I think, <laughs> I think you underestimated it there. I, I mean, I, I know we usually would just dive right into, you know, AEW talk, but I thought it was really interesting watching this week's AEW with, you know, quarantine pandemic effects while we just sat through eight hours of WrestleMania. And AEW with the limited crowd and taping in a small venue just kicks the shit out of WWE right now. Like, I. I've heard friends saying I can't watch WrestleMania because there's zero people in the crowd and it's awkward. And just by what AEW is doing with having some people there screaming, chanting, it just makes it feel more normal. And I thought WrestleMania, I thought there was good stuff at WrestleMania this weekend, but I just thought presentation wise, even WrestleMania didn't even touch what AEW has been doing with their setup. So, you know, we slam on the other company a bit. I just wanted to get that out there because I, I, that was one of the key highlights from this week's episode. But Joel, why don't you tell us what exactly happened during this week? Yeah, let's uh, let's get into actually talking about dynamite. The dynamite that was. You forgot no, about the transition, did you? Yeah, totally forgot about it. Yeah, let me just talk <laughs> over. Clean that up in post. <laughs> yeah, no, leave it in. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> All right, so Dynamite started with a Jake the Snake Roberts vignette, which led into a Lance Archer match. Lance Archer getting the pinfall victory over Alan Angles. That was followed by Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida in a singles match, with Hikaru Shida getting the pinfall victory. And then we got a vignette promoting the match between Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa versus best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent. And then we got interrupted with the power rankings and the first of several John Moxley and Jake Hager videos promoting their upcoming match at next week's Dynamite. That was followed by the best friends versus Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega actual match. Best friends getting the pinfall victory over 
the unlikely duo of, of Omega and Nakazawa. After that was a vignette from the Dark Order featuring Brody Lee. And we also got a Matt Hardy vignette, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on. Finally, there was a Brody Lee squash match and the main event, Sean Spears versus Cody in the opening round of the TNT Championship Tournament with Cody advancing off of a pinfall victory. Very interesting pinfall victory. And why don't we start right there in talking about this main event in Stock Up, Stock Down? Stock Up, Stock Down. So we got a uh, a match, a rematch between Sean Spears and Cody. They faced off for the first time eight months ago after Sean Spears blasted Cody upside the head at Fighter Fest. And uh, this was a really good technical match. There were some really good wrestling spots and there's a lot of history here. So I'm not sure if, if you're aware of this, but Sean Spears actually was heavily involved in training Cody when he was in OVW. So... Way back in the day, Sean was one of those people who helped Cody learn the craft and translate his amateur wrestling skills into pro wrestling skills. So it's kind of cool to see the way they've built this story between these two. And uh, I I just thought we saw a really good long match here between uh, Sean Spears, who hasn't gotten a lot of shine in AEW, and Cody, who's probably gotten as much or more shine than anybody else. What did you think of this match? Yeah, it was it was very good, and I I like the the reference to OVW because they mentioned that in that promo or vignette earlier in the show, uh, where they kind of talked about this rivalry and what they've done, and I thought it was some of the best like, God, best promo from Sean Spears I think we've seen in a long time. I really bought him talking about how you know you can't take this away if I win this. This is history. I loved his line of there are not a lot of firsts in wrestling anymore. Like, oh man, it just made this tournament seem even bigger than it already is. And in the match itself, yeah, it, it was, it was fun. It was entertaining. Um, I, I love, I love that they've mentioned this a couple times over the last few weeks of like a playoff vibe to some of these matches. And I love that this match was able to go a little stronger, you know, a little strong, well, stronger style than normal. And then, you know, some hardcore elements with the, uh, weight belt spots, the table spot, the the ring barrier on the apron. Like, I thought that was really good stuff. And yeah, these two have really good chemistry. I really enjoy what they do. And, you know, I I noticed that uh, Sean Spears' record is pretty bad. But I also know he's been in a lot of these tag team matches where he's been, you know, losing because his tag team partner stinks. But yeah, I, I really thought Sean Spears was going to be one of the bigger heels and then he kind of kind of faded a bit and it's nice to see him in this spot to get the shine and you know the match itself was was pretty solid um we had a we had a a uh a orton scale um moment it wasn't tight enough i have my rating written down i'd like to hear yours i gave it a two out of five because it was very open it was really high and it didn't have the nice compact uh, that we normally see from the Rhodes brothers and, and what we usually see from a Randy Orton. What'd you give it? I actually gave this one four out of five. I thought the, really, I thought huh. the timing was, was really, really smooth. And uh, it was a little bit more open than I like, but it also it moved at a good speed. So I think sometimes 
Like the one thing I'll say about a Randy Orton power slam is sometimes it even goes a little bit too fast. Um, but I thought it was it was nice and clean. And uh, the only thing that that was was lacking for me was I would like to have uh, you know a little bit less space in between the two of them. But I thought it was a really nice power slam. I thought he set up well, and uh, I, I liked it. That might be the highest Orton skill score we've given given uh, Cody so far. I believe. I think he got a four. I think he got a four when he uh, got the the win over Dustin. uh, Was that two weeks ago or last week? Anyway, uh, I thought it was pretty good. And I thought that table spot was fantastic. I mean, can a table break any better than that? And, you know, it was really good setup. And with Cody trying to keep, uh, Sean from hitting that running Death Valley driver and then Spears just deciding, okay, fine. You want to hold onto the ropes? I'll toss you over the ropes and uh, really, really nice work there. So I thought that was it. I thought that was the match. Like, like I, I was convinced that Spears was going to win by count out and they had a couple moments in this match where I thought the match was over and then they shocked me. So I thought the match was over when uh, Cody went through the table and then I thought the match was over when Cody nailed the two crossroads in a row we haven't when like when he gets that aggressive we haven't seen people kick out of it it's usually done so for sean spears to kick out of that really blew my mind it was like 2.9 seconds like it was really damn close and since we're talking about finishes i agree with jericho i've never seen a submission pin like that end a match usually they shoot back up and they eventually tap and it was such a fun moment and such a like, huh, I guess you can lose that way. And Spears sold the hell out of how much pain he was in. Yeah. Oh, my God. Master class of selling. You know what? I bet Disco Inferno thinks he can't sell, though. So. <laughs> but yeah, just great stuff. That was such a fun way to end this match. Yeah, I really liked it. And uh, I think I've seen a version of that before. You know, usually you do. You get the two count and then, uh, you know, the the person ends up sitting up and then they'll either tap or find a way to escape. I think what I've seen before, though, is I've seen the person who's delivering the figure for their shoulders be down and they got counted three while the other person was tapping out. I forget mm-hmm. when or where, but I know I've seen that spot before where it was like a, a, a ultimately ruled a draw both people, or it might've been in an elimination match and both people were eliminated uh, at the same time because one of them was pinned and the other one tapped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've, I've not seen the person just straight up. You know what? Not I think I know able- what you're, I think what you're, I know what you're referencing. There was a, time when the brand split was between Raw and SmackDown and Triple H was champion and there was some sort of like it might have been with Benoit or something where there was a pinning combination with a submission and they had to vacate the title and then yeah, the I title think that sounds right I think the... yeah I can't remember the specifics but I think that's it we'll obviously find that off air but yeah well, that's the closest it's... thing oh. that I can think of to someone just straight up not sitting up out of the the figure four pin because they're in so much pain. So really cool. And this match was really good because like you said, there were so many times that I thought this match could have ended 
And I agree when Cody went through that table and he seemed like he wasn't going to get up. We've gotten so accustomed to Cody not quite having it in these big spots. And they've made that such a part of his narrative within AEW that it felt like maybe, maybe he is putting Sean Spears over in this spot. And, And how crazy would that be? But like we talked about last week, you know, you can't take anything for granted with AEW and you have to be ready to be surprised. Yeah. And so I I thought this match was pretty good uh, throughout the match as I'm watching. I'm like, this is fun. This is good. This is some good stuff. I really enjoy their work here. The ending took it to another level for me where it was that just just how the match ended made this, in my mind, a much better match than what I was already thinking. So uh you know, sometimes we talk about how finishes can ruin a match. Ah, oh, the finish was weak. Well, the, I think this finish it definitely improved uh, how we'll look back on this match in the the coming weeks. So, but yeah, fun stuff. I'm loving Sean Spears. Uh, I really loved his uh, stuff with uh, Naka, Nakazawa Nakazawa during the tag match. Like, what's with the oil? What's with the oil? So, just a good week for Sean Spears, despite taking the L. Um, Anything else about this match before we move on and stock up, stock down? No, let's move on. Something I know you wanted to talk about was the women's match between Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. So what are your thoughts? Holy crap. (laughs) This match was awesome. And we've talked about how, like, we've been seeing a bit more attitude from Shida lately. Uh, You know, notice the last few weeks, like, she kind of goes to another level when she takes out her hairband and let her hair flows. She looks like a badass. And I think this was my, this might've been Britt Baker's best match in AEW. Um, I'll co-sign that. And I remember, cause we've talked about how I wasn't completely sold on her early on as an in-ring competitor. I thought there was a lot of, you know, she didn't seem like she was running the ropes as smoothly as you would expect. And she was kind of missing some spots or they weren't looking as powerful. And they made a point to note out this was her first match since Revolution. And pretty much since Revolution is where we've seen her heel character take a leap. You know, she went from, okay, Pritz, Pritz doing this heel stuff. Like, wow, she might be the best heel in the women's division. And I think it was, I, I thought it was really cool that we finally got to see that translate into the ring. And that heel work, that personality, that kind of, viciousness that she had been dropping on the mic I thought translated and I thought this match was amazing and I thought once <laughs> once Brit started bleeding holy crap that was a ton of blood and you don't accidentally like when you bleed from the nose you know you 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 went hard on that like that's you know so a really really cool uh vibe from this whole match all around um I don't want to hog everything about this match I got some more things to say but what were, your, what were your initial thoughts on Sheeta and Baker? Yeah, I thought it was a really, really good match. And one of the longest matches that we've seen uh, in the women's division on Dynamite. I mean, they went for quite a while and it was really good action the whole time. I really liked what I saw. Uh, there were some really, really good spots, a really slick transition out of a pin into a triangle choke from Sheeta. And then... Really nice looking sling blade from Britt Baker. Yes. She followed that up with a really good looking butterfly suplex. So it, it was really good chains of spot to spot to spot. It made sense. 
It was delivered well. Clearly, they have good chemistry in the ring, and it showed. Mm-hmm. They looked great. Massive props to Britt in this match to be able to pull off the spots that she did and everything after having her nose broken, which, well, not necessarily broken, but busted up. And, you know, that really messes with your cardio. You're not getting as much air as you expect to. So something that gets talked about a lot, but it can really mess with your breathing. And I thought she did a really good job. I loved her asking for the glove from the referee. It's like, I'm going to put my hand in her mouth. Give me the glove. So do you think that was improvised? Of course it was improvised. Okay. Cause I was wondering like, would she ask for the glove if it wasn't already out from her bleeding? And if, if that was improvised, damn good work. Cause just everything in the moment. Oh yeah. By the way, there's a pandemic going on. Do you really want to stick your hand in someone's mouth? Yeah, Give well, and like, the, so good. I, I think, you know, Sheeta was obviously planned to get out of that hold. So, you know, her hand was never going to go in her mouth to begin with. But Britt, knowing that, was like, oh, I can, I can add this in. I can take this up another level. And it's stuff like that that shows the potential of, of what she can be and how good her instincts are. So I was really impressed. I thought this was a a really, really good match. And, you know, one of the best matches we've seen in the women's division. I I just, I love that they got a showcase, especially because there's been a dearth of women's wrestling in AEW since this whole COVID-19 setup started for them. So it, it was really nice to see two weeks in a row, really good, high quality matches in the women's division. Yeah, and it seems like um, Sheeta is, you know, they definitely have a depleted women's roster right now because I'm sure, you know, like I, I've been following Nyla Rose and I know she's been self-isolating. You know, they, certain states, they, the AEW told them just stay away. That's why we haven't seen anyone from California. So SEU, the Bucks, anyone from New York, New Jersey area, they told them to stay away because obviously those are the biggest hotspots right now. So uh, this, if... I don't want to say if anyone's benefited from this because it's such a horrible situation, but Sheeta has taken the opportunity the last few weeks and has just become such a badass. And I love how they point out she's won seven of eight and now eight of nine and that she's spent the, she's been the longest number one contender at the top of the rankings. And if they just keep giving her chances to show out until they can finally get her a match with Nyla Rose, then, you know, I, we talked about how, what we want to see from revolution to double or nothing was the women's division continuing to rise. And while it's been, it's not a disappointment, but it's been a bummer that Nyla Rose hasn't been able to travel and to continue to see her grow. The fact that we've gotten Sheeta in this spot where she just been allowed to be just work great match after great match and look so strong and seeing some character in her matches too. Like, she looks like she has no tolerance for nonsense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like her face looks like when like you're in the back row of the class and your teacher shoots you a glare when you and your buddy are joking around. Like it's, it's scary as all hell and she can back it up. And I think the biggest difference between her and Rio right now is her, her strikes look more legitimate. Her moves look more legitimate. And like 
the Falcon Arrow, it's always impressive no matter who she gets up for it, but I still go back to her doing that to Nyla Rose and it just looks so damn impressive. So I love me some Sheeta. Yeah. Speaking of Nyla Rose, did you see the, um, the video that she posted to Twitter a couple of weeks ago of like, it was titled oh. something like wrestlers doing household chores. And it was a video yeah. of, of her replacing a light bulb. <laughs> People, if you She's haven't like- seen it, like you have to go watch it. She sets up this step ladder and then immediately gets down on the ground and starts like crawling up the step ladder like she's in a ladder match. And it's just hilarious. So check that it, out. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can funniest, still find it on her Twitter feed. Yeah, it's one of the funniest like COVID videos that have come out on social media. I died so hard when I saw that because she sold it too. Like she was really selling the struggle to climb up the ladder. So well, and, and the amount of time that she spent adjusting this tiny little step ladder underneath the light bulb that she was replacing. It was just so good. I'm I'm going to put this in the show notes. So if you want to go watch it, it will be in our, in our show notes so you can go check it out because it's that damn funny. <laughs> oh man. Anything else about Sheeta and Britt Baker? Um, I mean, Jericho liking Britt Baker's jacket felt really on brand. So... <laughs> I like sparkly things, I think is what he said at one point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's it's funny you mentioned Jericho because that was going to be what I wanted to talk on next on Stock Up, Stock Down. And Jericho on commentary, I thought for the most part was good, but then it also could get it could get bad at moments. There were some legit things that he said that I really that were really insightful and really interesting. So during the Cody Spears match when Spears suplexed Cody onto the ring barrier. He talked about how the injury to the heel, you know, watch how he lands on it, watch how he hits it. That could really affect his strength. That could really affect his mobility. And it's like, oh yeah, that's real stuff. And I guarantee at one point in Jericho's 20, 30 year career, he hit hurt his heel in a similar fashion and could talk about it. And I thought that was really cool insight. But then on the other hand, you know, he went La Champion a little bit and it's just like, oh dude, you're just you're kind of pulling away from what we've been enjoying right now. So um I have some other stuff that he said that I like I liked and didn't like. I, I liked that he for most of the night he was pretty level. You know, he wasn't too heelish, you know, he wasn't too corny. Um obviously during the Cody match, he went full on heel because he's feuding with Cody. It makes sense. Um and most of the stuff he said in that match outside of the heel thing was kind of bad, but um, I thought him and, and Shivani or what do you call him? Shiafone. Skiafone. <laughs> yeah. And, and in case you weren't aware, he's been calling Tony Shivani Skiafone since like the WCW? late 90s. Yeah. Since the WCW days. So some nice continuity there. Yeah. Um, and then I like sparkling outfits made, made me laugh. I like during the Sheeta match where the issue was when I started shaking babies and kissing hands. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, That was one thing when he got... turned around for him. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite and, line of the night was uh, as the, uh, the tag team match was getting started. He was like, I, I usually don't watch Michael Nakazawa's matches because he bothers me. <laughs> well, I also love during that match how he like talked about like he gave props to Kenny. Like I like the cleaner version of Kenny, you know, like 
where he can do all this physical stuff. And then he, he made a good point to talk about how Kenny has this versatility of being able to wrestle, you know, a serious, strong style and then wrestle in a more comedic fashion. He mentioned some of the funny stuff Kenny did when in New Japan, you know, the wrestling a mop, uh, wrestling a child. Did he wrestle himself, the Invisible Man? I don't he know. He did if, have a match with the Invisible yeah. Man. Um, so like, but yeah, I thought that was, yeah, I, th- I just thought that was really good insight from Jericho um, during during that match as well. So it it wasn't quite like when we had Cody and Omega on commentary over the last two weeks and, and even um, uh, Cole Cabana. But when he's not leaning super into, you know, being weird and crazy, like he's really good at it and he can provide some insights that we weren't necessarily going to get from those other three wrestlers. And yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, I think mostly, like you said, it was mostly good. I, I think when he was just out there as kind of generic heel commentator, it was really good. And then when he was getting into the specific heel, like advancing storyline kind of stuff, that just, I don't know. It it just felt out of place with what's going on right now. Like we're not really advancing storylines. We're kind of in this stopgap of here's some content. Here's something shiny for you to look at so that you're not thinking about the fact that blood and guts hasn't happened yet, that you're not thinking about the fact that we're probably not going to get double or nothing in May. And it, it just, I don't know. It didn't really work for me. And then also I do have to say clearly Chris Jericho doesn't know what appliances are. (laughs) Elaborate, sir. Sean Spears pulls a table out from under the ring and Chris Jericho refers to it as an appliance. Sir, that's a folding table. (laughs) Have you ever plugged in a folding table? Give it a break. (laughs) So, well, what you know. what is the definition of an appliance? I, I'm looking it up. A device or piece of equipment designed to perform a specific task, typically a domestic one. Couldn't a table fit that definition? Um, so textbook <laughs> definitions don't fly with me because language is amorphous, and we we you know use words with their colloquial applications. Uh, so that's not going to work for me. An appliance is something that you plug in <laughs> that does something for you. Um, like a manual can opener is not an appliance. An electric can opener is an appliance. They perform the same task. One of them's a tool. One of them's an appliance. Well, you could folding say the table, same thing. Folding table, not an appliance. Well, you could you could say the same thing about commentary tonight. There definitely is one tool at the table. <laughs> Hey, don't talk about Shivani like that. Oh, pff, I love him. Actually, I think this has been really good for Shivani the last few weeks. I know I mentioned it last week, but being the sole commentator, you know, the r- real commentator, uh, you know, I feel like he's really kind of gotten to, you know, he's probably doing more reps now than he's done, you know, in the last two months in terms of commentary. So uh, I thought I thought he was solid again as well. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to talk about from Jericho on commentary, but I think, I think I'm good. And Joel, if you are good, we can move on to lightning round. Let's do it. Lightning round. 
Thank you, Maxwell, for the awesome, awesome intros. Um, I wanted to talk about the best friends squared match between uh, Nakazawa, Omega, and the best friends. Um, I just thought it was a really good example of comedy wrestling and how great of a competitor Kenny Omega is because that match went back and forth from, oh, yeah, this is legit. You know, you're going to have real spots and then so easily transition to the comedy spots. And when you have a team of Chucky e. T and Trent and Orange Cassidy and the best comedy stuff is coming from the other team, you know, the other team's doing really well. So I just really enjoyed Nakazawa and uh, Kenny's um, chemistry there and some of the spots that they had. And I love that Kenny took the, the venom arm <laughs> from from Nakazawa that made me laugh and I thought it was a solid match and you know I, I what I really my my the best thing about this was they it was gonna be a match with no stakes and from one little vignette about we're the best friends no we're the best friends turned it into uh, a match that actually got me to care so I know you don't you don't have much to say about this but any any thoughts so my two favorite things uh, were. Orange Cassidy having a second pair of sunglasses. Yep. And he's improved reflexes. Clearly, Orange Cassidy is listening to the pod because this week he stepped out from in between Kenny and Michael Nakazawa in time. So they weren't able to get him in a three-way hug. And I think that's really important. And it's great to know that that we have a fan in uh, in Orange Cassidy and he's, he's tuning in every week. So that's great. Um, that is I thought this news. was a really fun match. I didn't really like there weren't things that stood out to me really, but it was just a blast. I was having a lot of fun watching it. And I like that we get this on a pretty regular basis, whether it's Nakazawa, whether it's Peter Avalon, whether it's um, Colt Cabana. We're getting these different flavors sprinkled in of what wrestling can be and how it can entertain you. And I'm really happy about that. Yeah, for sure. And one other thing about this, the vignette before where they're in the motorhome and Orange Cassidy comes out of the bathroom. I hope that is one place he gives an effort in, because if he's not really, you know, doing a clean sweep back there, if he's being lazy on that, that's got to be really nasty. So Cassidy, give effort in the bathroom and we can move on. Joel, what do you got for your pick and lightning round? I, I really enjoyed Matt Hardy's uh, promo that he cut inviting uh, Chris Jericho to the Hardy compound for, uh, for lack of a better term, a deletion match. I'm so excited to see what these two incredibly creative minds can come up with. And I hope that we get to see this match in the near future because it could be so much fun um, with the, two matches that the other wrestling company put on as part of their WrestleMania card that were what Matt Hardy refers to as cinematic wrestling uh, matches. I kind of went back and watched some of the stuff from the final deletion, the ultimate deletion, total nonstop deletion. And it's just so fun. And I want more. And I don't think we're going to get more from the other wrestling company, despite how much buzz they got from the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. I just don't think we're likely to see that from them unless they're forced into those circumstances. So I'm excited. I don't know, man. The, the other wrestling show is notorious. If something works, they will do it to death. 
So I, I think we'll see it in the other wrestling company. Maybe not as good. Um, but yeah, it, you know, the Hardy compounds in North Carolina and Jericho lives in Florida. That's not a long drive. This is probably something they can do during a quarantine like this, where if it's just them and a camera crew, like that's not that many people, you know? So, you know, and, and that's something that they could probably dedicate a quarter of an entire dynamite to. And if they do, that helps them kind of fill the gap of content here over the next few weeks. So, I mean, I, I think it would be really cool to see it interspersed throughout an episode and mm, okay, like get the main meat of the match in one segment, but you could have the episode begin with a cold open and have Chris Jericho arriving at the compound and then have him kind of exploring and stuff throughout the episode to kind of set the tone. And then the main event could be the actual match itself. So, I mean, I think this is the perfect time to do it because you don't have a live crowd that's going to be watching on a screen. So Mm -hmm. why not go for it, lean into it and let's, let's see what they can do. Uh, You know, I'm a huge fan of what Lucha Underground did with Mm -hmm. creating this world and this kind of mythos of its own that revolved around a temple to professional wrestling. And anything that gets us into this more cinematic universe of, of pro wrestling, I'm all about because like I said earlier, I like those different flavors and I want to see what these creative minds can do with a budget, with these different circumstances that they're being put in and what can they pull off? We saw from the other wrestling company that they clearly pulled it off. I thought the, the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match were absolutely gripping so let's see what AEW can do you have to know that matt watched that shit on sunday and was like oh i can top this (laughs) like like you you know him and jericho have probably been on the phone texting for weeks about how they're gonna do this and if they if they end up doing this match the the elite deletion then you know it's another kind of benefit because if if they went straight into blood and guts and did that match when it was supposed to happen. Maybe we don't get this elongated stuff with Matt Hardy and Jericho. And it's not really a feud we saw all that often. I don't I can't recall anything really significant between Hardy and Jericho and the other wrestling company. So I'm looking forward to this. A few quick highlights from the actual vignette itself. How did we not notice Jericho was in a hot tub in leather pants last week? How was that not your random observation? Oh, of the I week? noticed. I just didn't bring it up. <laughs> say anything because i was like what the hell how did i not know that that is it makes that scene even funnier that jericho is in the tub that is hot in leather pants it was so funny <laughs> um i just i really love that and then i loved um i love vanguard one using the term fire and it's a dumpster fire <laughs> it's just it was funny man i i love matt hardy and he just looks like he's having so much fun and good for him man good for him he deserves it yeah. Anything else about this before we, we move on? I mean, I'm just excited and I love the way that Hardy finds a way to put his spin on everything, right? Whether it's calling Jericho a hole of the ass or referring <laughs> to the circle that is internal. I mean, it's it's just so fun and so 
different from anything else that anyone's doing. So I, I really enjoy uh, his take and, and what he brings to the table at this stage in his career. I, if you had asked me 10 years ago, if Matt Hardy was going to be a pro wrestler that I was going to be super excited about in 2020, I'd have said you were crazy. So uh, it's just, it's great stuff. Yeah. And, and a cinematic match between these two would obviously, just like with the undertaker, it allows us to kind of bypass the physical limitations at this point. Cause we both know Matt Hardy isn't what he used to be. He's not as quick. He's not as mobile. He's not as agile. And same thing with Jericho. Jericho's actually put on muscle over the last year to kind of be a more physical presence. So I think it's it could definitely help them put on something that we'll remember more than maybe just a traditional wrestling match. So um, now uh, uh, next item in lightning round, you mentioned the video packages. And I've noticed this in the last couple of dynamites that we're getting more video packages. Um, I think that's obviously because they need to fill the show and video packages have been probably a little easier to make in the time of social distancing. Um, but yeah, uh, speak on which ones that you, you enjoyed tonight. Cause there were plenty to talk about. So I know, I know we like to hate on Jake Hager, uh, on this pod, uh, but I have to say, and I have to give credit. I thought these video packages promoting the match between Moxley and Hager were really compelling. I liked getting to hear from the trainers. I liked what Mox had to say. And I thought Hager was better in these video packages than we've seen in anything he's done in the ring or on the mic aside from that. And really, I just want him to be more engaged. He's not a bad wrestler. And it's just the, the, the blank stare, it's not intimidating. It just looks bored. So to see him with a little bit more intensity and to see him doing all this training and seeing clips of him from Bellator, I thought it was a really good way to generate some interest in this upcoming match. Uh, I have said on the pod before, I think that his wife is a better heel than he is. And I thought she did a really good job in these uh, vignettes of of promoting him and and putting him over. So, yeah, I thought it was really good, and I'm still not like super excited for this Moxley Hager showdown next week. But I'm a lot more interested than I was before seeing these video packages. I also liked that it wasn't one big package; that it was several of them spread out throughout the show. So it really worked well for me. Yo, man, I'll go one deeper on his wife being a better heel than him. The trainer gave the best promo <laughs> from the Hager side. He sounded the most convincing out of the three of them on what Hager's done and what he can do. I don't know, man. I just don't care about Hager. And his wife annoys me. And I know that's what they're going for. And they're supposed to be, you know, you know overconfident but man it's just hard to care and if you would have if you would have told me that the first title defense of moxley's championship reign would be against hager like i i i'm gonna watch next week because you know i have to for for this but i i just have zero zero interest in this match and i know um 
Moxley's not going to lose. And that's it. And also, you mentioned the Bellator highlight videos. One of the guys in that video, I looked it up, TJ Jones, is like a dad bod extraordinaire. If you're going to use clips of him beating, beating someone in a ring, don't show me a fatter Kevin Owens. Like, that's not going to convince me of how badass Jake Hager is. I don't know. I'm just overly, I just don't like Hager at all. He does nothing for me as a professional wrestler. And that's it. <laughs> all right. Way to bring the room down. I'm sorry. Like, what do you want me to say? I think t- I, I don't. I, but you don't have hey, to talk I, about it. I mean, it's lightning round. You know, you could just well, let me I, say my got, thing and then be done. I got, I got something positive in lightning round we can talk about. Marco Stunt is not dead. He was at ringside today and he looked happy as can be. Murderhawk, you failed. Marco's still alive. Did oh. you see that uh, Lance Archer put on Twitter? Uh, if you're having trouble finding flights, I got you. <laughs> My God, <laughs> he could th- he could throw me to Manhattan. Like <laughs> I thought that was a great line, and uh, that's funny. He's he's a good follow on on Twitter. I, I enjoy his his pro wrestling content on there. What'd you think of that Jake the Snake promo to start the show? I thought it was captivating. I thought he had yeah. really good delivery. I loved the the opening line. My history will not be my destiny. I mean, famous word quoted by me. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> way to put yourself over, Jake. Hey, gotta always do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really good. And I really liked, you know, we talked, you talked about last week, how you're a little disappointed in his latest, the, the promo from last week. If you were disappointed last week, I have to feel this was a complete reversal. Um, Cause I thought this one was really good. And I really liked how it ended. Are you a man or a mouse squeak up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, his delivery is just so perfect. And I thought this really refocused the conversation and brought it back around to Cody and why he's there to begin with. So I thought it was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think I have anything else that I, that I want to go into. So any, anything else before we, we do some house cleaning? Well, I have one, I have one more thing from this episode, which was, I thought this week's dark order vignette was much better. Oh yeah. So much better. And uh, I need to find out what uh, Brody Lee is using to care for his beard because it's it's clearly working. Uh, the beard was like fresh. And I, I really, really liked the content of this promo. Comparing three different members of the Creepers within the Dark Order and saying, what are you two doing? You look like schlubs. Like, you need to dress more like this guy. Like, get out of here. And then taking the other guy and being like, you come with me. It seems much more in line with what this character should be and less of taking cheap pot shots at Vince McMahon. So I really liked it. I love the get your act together. Show me that you want it. Because that's I guarantee that's 100% a mentality that Vince McMahon has. Dress to impress. Dress for the role you want. But yeah, it didn't feel as obvious. And it's it's something I could see Vince caring about. So um, and he's man, you said it the first week when he was in the suit. He pulls it off. He looks damn good in that suit. Like it's a good look for Mr. Brody Lee. So um need to see him, you know, like we talked about last week, start to face some real competition. But squash matches are are good and we need them in professional wrestling. And 
let's just, you know, he'll murder for people, people for a while and then we'll go from there. So, but yeah, on that note, you can follow us on Twitter at the other, ah, damn, you can follow us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show. We are on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud at the other wrestling show. And you can email us at Gmail at the other wrestling show. I did that again. You can, you can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, we're, we're coming on like episode 15 or 16 at this point. So still having fun doing it. We're, we're bringing you this stuff throughout the pandemic and Joel, anything, anything to add? You always try to skip my random observation of the week. So. I always forget. Okay, going forward, it's like we're going to do your hair. Okay, going forward, we're going to Joel's random observation of the week and then house cleaning. I'm pushing the button. <laughs> Joel's random observation of the week. I think what I really need. Uh, from AEW moving forward is for a different wrestler to hit the famouser every week so that I can see the gun club's reaction. Cause that was awesome. That was just a, a really fantastic spot. And it really highlighted how much Billy and Austin gun look alike to see them making the same facial expression side by side. And uh, I think it was uh, was a needed moment, a, a moment of levity for for all of us in this trying time. So that was really cool. And yeah, you know, good for the guns, I guess. I guess they live in Florida and they can, you know, or Atlanta and can continuously be in the crowd. So, um, yeah, I like that spot, too. So next week we'll do the random observation of the week at the beginning or before we do house cleaning. So on that note, we'll take this one home. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.